0: Welcome to the Sex and Spirituality Podcast, a show where we have real deep conversations about everything from love, dating, sexuality, mental health, to trauma, spirituality, metaphysics, healing, and all things new age and woo-woo. I am your host, Lauren Coletti, a yoga instructor, poet, Reiki healer, and graduate student studying forensic psychology with a focus on sexual health. As a spiritual teacher and student, domestic violence, and sexual abuse survivor, sex educator, coach, and counselor, I hope these vulnerable conversations will inspire you to take an introspective look at yourself to help you better your life and the people around you. I thank you so much for listening and hope you have a sexy day. Yeah, it's my final research capstone project to do. So I'm just praying I pass. Like at this point, I don't even need a 4.0 GPA. I don't need an A plus on the assignment. I just want to pass and get this over with. I'm so done with this master's program. It's like, it's horrible. And I realized I hated it when I was like halfway through. I was like, you know, this definitely wasn't the best program for me. But I'm in the home stretch now. So I just can't wait to get it over with.
1: You know, I feel like we like never talk about school. You know, it's usually other stuff that usually gets the light, but yeah. school probably. I mean, you know, I'm not sure if it's equally as important, but yeah, I think so it's <laughs> sort of sits. I think it sort of sits in the back. Um, but it's crazy. It's you literally only have a few weeks left.
0: I know. Right? Yeah. Thank God. I'm just really, I guess, frustrated. Like, I really wish I went for a different masters. And it's too late now, so I'm, I'm like, researching, do I want to do another master's program or do I want to go straight into my doctorate program? So it's just kind of overwhelming because uh-huh. it's not like, I don't know, I never understood the notion that you have to pick one thing you enjoy to do for the rest of your life and, like, ignore all the others because I have so many uh-huh. interests and I'm, like, debating which direction I want to move in, you know? Uh-huh. Yeah,
1: I also feel like being limited is not something that is really apparent, you know, when you first get your degree, it's like it sort of hits you kind of later on in life, but God forbid you don't like your job or something, you know, and it's like, well, this is like my degree is so specific, you know, I have to go into this field. I really don't have any other options. Yeah, I was actually talking to one of my one of my good friends, And she's a teacher and she's a very specific type of teacher. And she was like, I, you know, like, if I don't have this job, I literally can't find anything else, you know? Um, And that had me thinking that that sort of brings me back to that when we had that conversation. But I think that's great, you know, Um, broadening your horizons, but also staying within the same type of field,
0: you know? Yeah, I mean, it's so true because I feel like very few people, or it's rare, know straight out the gate after 12th grade what they want to do for the rest of their lives I really didn't have any idea until I was halfway through my master's program and I realized like this isn't what I want so it's it sucks because you pay so much money for your education and you spend all of this time like six years just to realize like oh I should have went a different way but I guess you can't know until you have the experience at the same time of
1: course definitely definitely Um, so where, have you always been back and forth between uh, getting another master's and PhD or side?
0: No, I, I just think that the doctoral program is very intensive and it could be my, like, my self-esteem that i'm like i would never pass that i would fail out of it because i'm so stupid like there's no chance of me being successful in a doctoral program so i guess that's my own doubt but i just wish that there was a program i could go in a master's program specifically for either like a master's in science of mental health counseling or a marriage family therapy program I was hoping that I could find one that takes a year to complete because I know some people that had a five-year master's program in social work, but all of the ones that I found are three years long. And I'm like, I could be halfway through a doctoral program in three years and two years later have my doctorate. So I'm kind of just like weighing out the pros and cons of each. Uh.
1: I've, uh, I don't know. I've had so many different people say, like, it'll, you know, at, l- at max, like, it took them seven years to graduate, you know, and, like, you would be insane to graduate in, like, four or five or whatever, and I was, like, good to know. Mm-hmm. You know it was, just, like, years ago, and it was a professor telling me this. Um, I think it really depends on what you can take, you know, if you really like the prestige of that title you know being a doctorate like so many people go into so many different careers because of something that means a lot to them whether it be so small or something huge you know like somebody that might not like nursing but likes to wear scrubs for example you know um so i think i think you got to think about what about that is important to you you know and what about a masters program is important you know and and why why would you think that you wouldn't that you would fail out of school i well what part of you says that cuz part of you is fighting that and wants to do that you know and the other part of you is sort of it, there's like a disconnect there
0: it's my biggest fear to fail out of school again because it happened twice in my bachelor's program And it was just so devastating, and I always go back to that, like, oh, I could be halfway through my doctoral program now if I didn't fail out of school in in undergrad. So I think there's just a lot of resentment towards myself for that and regret, and it's just, I'm so afraid of it happening again, because I felt like a complete failure, literally. (laughs) So, Mm -hmm. yeah.
1: And at the same time, you're, like, right at the finish line. Of getting your master's program now.
0: Yeah, it's just really difficult for me to not compare myself to other people because I'm 26 and most people finish their master's around 24. And I know everyone has a different path and everyone's journey is different and yada, yada, yada. But I can't, like, sometimes I just wonder, like, where I would be if that didn't happen. And it's not useful. It doesn't help me whatsoever. But it's still always there in the back of my mind. Yeah.
1: Do
0: you know why it happened? So why I failed? So during that time, um, I was in a very like violent abusive relationship and I got extremely mentally ill and physically ill to the point where I couldn't go to school anymore. I was in in and out of the hospital all the time, inpatient. So school just really wasn't an option. And then I tried going back and I feel like I had so few brain cells left that it was a lot harder for me to retain my memory and attention. And my GPA went from being on the Dean's list of 4.0 to barely being a 3.0. So it was just very discouraging and frustrating.
1: And then what happened after that? Did you go back to school again?
0: Yeah, um, I did go back to school eventually after I got out of the relationship for good i was like i'm going back i'm finishing this i'm finishing when i started and i eventually graduated in 2019
1: oh okay yeah do you think that you're in the same place or you will be in the same place where that will happen again
0: no i'm not in the same place i was very sick back then i couldn't go a day without self-harming or um my eating disorder behavior, and I'm not in the same place anymore. But it still just frightens me. I guess I don't want history to repeat itself. God forbid something happens, and I get triggered, and then I have another like mental illness episode. So,
1: mm-hmm. do you think that has stopped you from doing other things that you wanted to pursue? Fear
0: for sure. Yeah, that's a reoccurring pattern in my life. Mm-hmm.
1: Do you ever? feel like you regret not going for it because I feel like fear is such a strong emotion and will usually take over absolutely everything else you know yeah um and and I think with, with that comes regret you know like maybe not wanting to I'm like the first example that comes into my head is wanting to raise your hand in class and being knowing the answer, being terrified of saying it because you don't want to be wrong in front of everyone. And then somebody else says it, and it's, you know, immediate regret.
0: Yeah, that's true. That's definitely happened before. <laughs> like, that self-doubt or just, like, not believing in yourself whatsoever.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, a little bit of um, emotional dysregulation dis- happening. A you lot know. of it, yeah. <laughs> yeah, just a tad. Okay, so then... I, I, I feel like a lot of the time when we talk about this stuff it a lot of the negativity does get to the light and it makes sense you know um, but I never ever actually hear your, you give yourself credit for the things that you have accomplished like going back getting your bachelor's a, a third time you know that takes courage it, it takes a lot of work um, but you were in a place to be able to do that you know and and. At the time, like, I think, you know, like, you you aren't sure if something is going to happen, you know? So I think it's almost like selling yourself short, like, not wanting to pursue a doctoral program because you're afraid of something happening.
0: Yeah, I guess the frightening thing is, like, a doctoral program compared to a bachelor's degree like a bachelor's degree is a walk in the park compared to a doctoral program i'm assuming mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. so it's just like if that was a struggle how could i even begin to start a doctoral program yeah. like i'll never you're
1: it. looking into the future and you're looking into the past and you are literally doing the damn thing like right here right now Yeah. you know why are you skipping why are you skipping the here and now right now
0: I always do that. I always am either thinking about the past and always romanticizing it when it was not great or and wishing I could go back or I'm always thinking about the future. It's really hard for me to just live in the present moment because my mind's always elsewhere.
1: Right, yeah, right. And And I think a lot of that would have to do be practicing mindfulness to be able to keep you grounded in the here and now. But I feel like eventually it something it'll sort of happen again this pattern will take place again where your past is time in your life and it will then be a memory and that's you know like I don't want you to look back and be like well I was really happy then and I didn't know it
0: yeah you know yeah the only time I'm actually present is when I'm meditating or doing yoga but then it's like the second I stop it's like my mind uh-huh. is on the crazy train again <laughs> uh-huh
1: So do you do anything, do you have any preventative measures throughout the day to keep you sort of grounded? I mean, I know it can't happen all the time, but I think practicing it throughout the day might help you sort of get back to like center, you know?
0: Yeah, well, I do yoga and meditate every day, if not like six days a week. Um, Other than that, I journal every day and lately it's been getting nicer. So I've been going outside and I feel really grounded when I'm in nature Mm -hmm. gotcha okay
1: yeah that's I've had a very similar feeling I was on a drive I think maybe Sunday and I was like you know like watching everything sort of bud and bloom and you know it's not much but it is so much more than we had the last few months you know and it just
0: I don't know like
1: I try and practice what I preach you know and stay mindfulness especially in nature you know because it's using all of your senses you it's like forcing you to be mindful of your environment
0: yeah so I like it for sure, yeah, uh-huh. definitely. It's nice to see weather coming around again.
1: <laughs> so now, what are you gonna do with your decision?
0: I'm not sure. I don't really have much time to uh, think about it at the moment because yeah. the end of the week, I'm actually going to Florida with Nick's yeah, family. Yeah, that's right. So mm-hmm. that's like, you know, a little nerve wracking. And exciting, but mostly anxiety-provoking. So I'll think about it when I come back. I'm just going like, to uh, put it off. <laughs> mm, okay. What are you going? Uh, Friday. Friday, okay.
1: And you're staying there for exactly a week?
0: Uh, <laughs> five days. Very nice, okay.
1: Yeah, it'll be a, a nice change of scenery. What's anxiety-provoking about it?
0: A lot. <laughs> so first off is my body image because Nick's sister is like super small and Nick's brother's girlfriend is really skinny and I just feel like the tall fat one out of the group and it's just making me self-conscious and I've been working really hard and I just don't want to be self-conscious on the trip uh-huh. another thing is I'm very sensitive to my environment and Nick's family likes to drink like they're not alcoholics like possibly his brother but I hate being overstimulated in like noisy environments and I can really only be surrounded by people for a certain amount of time before I feel completely drained and my mood really alters and not for the better so I'm just nervous as to how I'm going to handle that because it's going to be like partying and socializing all day, every day for until I get back on Wednesday. So
1: do you think that do you get triggered when you are in an environment that's over stimulating for you?
0: Yeah. What, what sort
1: of happens when, when that occurs?
0: I just can't function or I just get like very overwhelmed and like antsy
1: and do you do you need to get out of there is it like a fight-or-flight response
0: yeah I I need my alone time or Mm -hmm. else I'm not the nicest person (laughs) like I could get very agitated sure yeah I can imagine but you're
1: spending five days with with people that might trigger you in different ways and may have triggered you in, in different ways in the past um And I think being on all the time is so unbelievably draining, you know? Um, So do you expect to have any type of alone time, like, to yourself? Maybe just even if you and Nick sort of break away from the group, you know, where you sort of are able to just, like, be one with yourself?
0: I'm not sure. I hope so. I know we have the hotel room to ourselves, but it's just... Oh, a, a big thing for me also is getting adequate sleep. And I know his brother and them like love partying and staying out late. So when I stay out late and I don't get sleep, it's really not good for my mental health. Mm-hmm. Um, So I don't want to be like rigorous and obsessive with it. Like I need to get eight hours every night or else like, you know, I'm erratic. But I don't know. I guess we'll have maybe a couple hours of alone time in the hotel room, but that's about it. I'm assuming.
1: Mm-hmm. Right. So your hotel room will be sort of your safe space to be able to like online and, in like get away from the environment. Yeah. I was uh, under the assumption that you guys were would be sort of staying like in a house type of thing yeah. um, where you would be kind of, in each other's spaces all the time, you know? Um, but I think that, I think this is a little bit different where you are able to sort of break away and, you know, keep your distance when you need it. I mean, that's something to think about, you know, that's something to put in place like way before you're triggered, you know, if you feel like you're going to be triggered and it's like, uh, this isn't sitting right with me, you know, like way before then something needs to be set in place where you are able to sort of either make a speedy getaway or just being able to, and keep yourself calm, you know. Yeah. So th- I, th- you need to think of ways of how to do that.
0: I just think it's going to be hard because we're away, constantly surrounded by people. It's not like I can take an hour to do yoga or meditate or do my journaling practice while I'm on vacation with his family. Like I don't want to seem like. like an anal, like person that I'm like stop talking to me, I have to get outside and do my grounding practices. Oh, right, right, right.
1: Yeah, and that's not, that doesn't really seem like you, either, you know, like, that, I don't think that would even occur, but, like, a smaller form of that, where you know, you're, like, you're not gonna be, like, obviously, like, trying to get away with from them, like, right in their sights, you know, but, I don't know, like, if you had time to yourself and nothing's gonna be planned for a few hours and you have the morning, like, you're going to be in Florida, you know, like that would be, I would hope that you'd be outside, like either running, doing some yoga, being in the sun, you know, natural antidepressants, doing some of your stuff that you enjoy doing, especially in great weather. Yeah. Um, small, small preventative measures, you know, that I think might make a huge difference. That might be like the differential factor, like, you know, between having a great time and only remembering some of the shitty parts of it.
0: Yeah, the sun will definitely help. I I just have this thing where I hate people that never stop talking. And maybe it's because I don't talk too much. But you know those people that they could talk for like an hour or two and not stop talking. And it's always talking about themselves or even repeating the same stories over and over again. Like I just find that exhausting. So I have to mentally prepare myself. Because it's going to be, yeah. like, four days, five days straight of that. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> yeah, like, being being on, like, you're that, do you think that Nick's family is like that?
0: A couple people in his family. I love his his family, but they're definitely very extroverted.
1: hmm Yeah. Yeah, you'll be out of your comfort zone a little bit. Yeah. Do you think, uh, do you think it's going to benefit you in any way?
0: I'm just going to try to have fun. I just feel nervous and on edge when, so this is how it works with my friends. Like, I'll make plans with my friends. I could max spend, like, three hours out without getting completely restless, but knowing I have an exit strategy or, oh, the bar closes at 11, so we all have to leave and depart at 11, like, I like having that safe getaway because it doesn't make me feel smothered. And Mm -hmm. I guess with this, I'm not going to have it. So it's just making me a little frantic.
1: Yeah, yeah. I I hear what you're saying. You'll sort of, I think having a getaway is also equivalent to having some type of control over the situation.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: Um, But that doesn't necessarily mean that you would be losing all of your control. You know, I think it would be more of finding creative ways to be able to use it to your advantage. You know, and I think it's sort of out of the ordinary for you because things are sort of routine and set in place here, you know, in your environment. Um, whereas I, you're definitely going to have to get a little bit creative on how you can keep control, you know, and keep yourself sort of sane and, you know, at baseline.
0: <laughs> yeah, definitely. I, Another thing for me that I despise, I really resonate with what you said about the control thing, but uh-huh. I don't like partying very much. I don't know why. I've just never liked it. And I know there's going to be a lot of that going on and I just hate having to per, like foot, put on this facade and like fake smile and pretend I'm having a good time when I really just want to scream and my head feels like it's going to explode. So, okay. I think I have to get acclimated to that a little because everyone around me could be having such a good time like partying and drinking or whatever. But I've never enjoyed it. Like, it's never been a good experience for me. And I hate having to pretend that I'm having a good time when I'm not. Sorry about the dog. It's okay.
1: Um, is that the consensus? Is that always what sort of occurs when <laughs> it's the worst? It, does that always happen when you are in a group of people and you're out? And your, you know, your your environment is very stimulating. Is that always the case? Has there ever been a time where you did enjoy yourself?
0: Yada, yada. It's usually the case. The only time it's not the case is when I'm, like, obliterated. Then I'm usually having a good time. But I don't want to have to rely on getting drunk to be happy.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. Right, sure, sure. Do you drink often?
0: No, over the summer I drink a lot. And... I don't want to drink like that again because alcoholism runs in my family, and I just don't That's want to true. dip my toe in that um okay. also because I just didn't feel good, but no, I don't drink often. The first time I got drunk was like last year ever so
1: mm-hmm. gotcha, gotcha, so you choose to stay away from that stuff. makes sense for sure um okay, so what are your pl what are your plans then are you? do you have a drink or like say you are out with a bunch of people or you have to be there are you drinking you know are you gonna just stay away from it altogether
0: i might have a drink because i'm coming off of keto on the vacation so i might i just feel like people judge you when you don't drink like they treat you different like they look at you like something's wrong with you and it's that's been a pretty constant thing that i've noticed throughout my life And it's just like, I feel like I'm in high school again, being peer pressured.
1: (laughs) Yeah, right. And it's crazy that that is still something that happens, you know, but it's, I don't think people would consider it peer pressure, you know, like making someone feel like outcasted and I don't know, like their vocabulary, their language might be a little bit different, but the intention is still all the same, you know, without maybe them knowing, um, hmm. I'm assuming no one's going to be driving.
0: <laughs> I'm not sure.
1: I mean, I, that would always be like your getaway, right? Like you would be the DD
0: there. I hate driving too. <laughs> yeah. Driving gives yeah, me. Yeah. What's the lesser of like two evils? I know. <laughs> yeah. Hmm.
1: Um, do you think that Nick's family would make you feel that way? Would, would they make you feel like you were being pressured into doing something?
0: I mean, if they're all having shots, it's just like the unspoken elephant in the room, and I never take shots. No, I like 90. literally never do it. And people will literally like,
1: like, okay, let's do this. Like, no,
0: no, I'm good. It never ends well.
1: <laughs> no, I just refuse. I don't. Uh, it's, yeah, I, I completely understand. Sorry. No, it it's, that like it's brought so back funny. a memory of my.
0: I have a lot of bad memories with shots (laughs) that even sometimes if I just smell vodka, like I feel like I'm going to vomit from my my PTSD from my hangover. (laughs) Uh But yeah, I don't know. It's just sometimes I feel like lying and being like, I'm five years sober just so people leave me alone and I make it really uncomfortable for them that they stop asking me.
1: (laughs) ah they're smart do you think do you think that it like people would feel the same if you were like no alcoholism runs in my family I'm okay
0: straight
1: up like done
0: I've never said that like straight out Actual I to my boyfriends but I've never
1: that would of course like be if you know you were comfortable enough to say that but that would be like closing the conversation right then and there Right? yeah
0: like, it's just like leave me alone I'm gonna make things so awkward for you that you're forced to leave me alone <laughs>
1: Yeah, I mean, I guess that's that's a way to handle it, right? Like, get what you want and, like, actually still being very genuine about it. Like, no, it's it's actually true.
0: Yeah, that is definitely true.
1: <laughs> yeah, but I, I don't know. If you wanted to do that, like, that would be a way to do it. I'm thinking of, like, creative ways that you can, you know, like, still have control over at least somewhat of the situation that you're in. Because the environment will be completely, like, new, you know, foreign
0: yeah something else that's kind of irking me is i'm trying to enjoy the trip but something happened like yesterday that's kind of freaking me out and i so basically what happened was last week i got off of my iud i got it taken Uh out and me and nick decided to have sex so I'm, i'm going on the nuvering which i've never tried and i'm really hoping it doesn't caused me to spiral into a depression because I've heard that's kind of a side effect but I'll monitor it but me and Nick had sex and we used a condom and he kept saying like this condom feels weird like it hurts and then he like came inside me and I'm sorry for the details but the condom was completely ripped open and he didn't realize it until after he pulled out and it was too late and I was just like fuck so Uh. i'm a little worried that you know i have had some spotting the last 24 hours but the gynecologist said that's normal like for up to two weeks after you've had your iud taken out so i'm just kind of freaking out because i asked the gynecologist could i take plan b and she's advised strongly against it because i've already taken it twice in the last like three months and you're only supposed to take it max once a year, apparently. Mm-hmm. And I'm also on antibiotics she put me on, so she said Plan B wouldn't even be very effective, so it's kind of just a waiting game. Mm. So it's unfortunate.
1: Okay. <laughs> Wait, if you, were, if you had the IUD, why did you take Plan B within the last few months?
0: Um, so I took Plan B twice, maybe like within three weeks of one another right before getting the IUD.
1: Oh, gotcha. Yeah. Okay.
0: Um,
1: how long have you had the IUD? Three months. Three months total. Yeah. Understood. Um, I feel like you You might bleed a lot more um, than just some spotting, and that's something to, to just keep in the back of your mind, you know, because I think everyone reacts differently, and I, I know that's – you know, like, people can go either way. You can either bleed a lot or you can just spot. Um, so that's that's something to keep in the back of your mind so you know, you know, that's not something to completely worry about. But <laughs> um, if you are not planning to be pregnant, what is your other option? You know, like, if you don't take plan B, are you... Hmm... Uh, I can't, if a doctor told you not to do it, then I'm going to say that you probably should stick with what the doctor is saying. Um, but you have to think about your other options here. Like if something does happen, you do have alternatives, you know, if, and when that, yeah, you know, I'm saying, God forbid, if that when, and that, if it does happen, um, you have other options there, you know, and, and it's not something that you would ever like be stuck with.
0: Yeah, I just was very upset when I, it was a shock, because I've never had a condom before, and of course that would happen to me literally like two days after I get the IUD removed, of course, but I, my only other option, they said I could get the copper IUD reinserted, because it could serve as emergency contraceptive for 72 hours after unprotected sex, but I absolutely do not want to get that reinserted, so it's basically just a waiting game.
1: Mm-hmm. I think in, when, when did you have sex last night? Sunday. Okay. Um. In about maybe 14 or 15 days, you might want to take a pregnancy test.
0: Yeah. yeah. It's just another thing that I have to worry mm-hmm. about. <laughs> and it's like, we is thought this taking we were being a- safe. So it's just, uh, what were you saying?
1: No, no. I was going to say, is this taking up the majority of like your head space? Because I feel like when something like this happens, it really becomes, like, it's on the forefront of everyone's mind, you know, or women's mind.
0: I'm trying my best to not worry about it until that moment happens, so I should be getting my period. I don't know if this spotting is my period or not, but Uh in the next few days, if I don't get it by the time I return from Florida, like, a week from now, then I will start worrying (laughs) a lot more. (laughs) Uh
1: okay okay so that's something that you need to monitor
0: yeah absolutely
1: <laughs> but if you I just I can't like understand the thinking behind what your doctor said if you do not want to become pregnant <laughs> plan b is your option you know yeah. like is she really like saying just to wait it out
0: well she said see what I could, she said I could take it if it's absolutely necessary, but she would advise against it if I didn't have to take it.
1: Yeah. I think, you know, the more you wait, the less likely it is to work.
0: Yeah, that's true. Also. So
1: um, that's kind of a decision that I think you would have to make within the next, like, day.
0: Mm, yeah. <laughs> yeah, a lot has happened this last week. I also got into... Not a fight with my friends, but like a debacle where I just, I've realized a lot of people in my life are toxic and probably don't deserve to be there. So I kind of don't want to be friends with certain people anymore, but it's hard when they keep texting you and acting like everything's okay. So Mm -hmm. it's just a lot's gone on in the last week. Uh Do you think
1: there's a reason there's a lot happening this week?
0: I don't know, is Mercury in retrograde right now? I'm not
1: sure. <laughs> Perhaps. I, I'm, I I I'm not even sure anymore. <laughs> I feel like it's I feel like that's been the case for so long. Yeah. Um so then what what made you decide that you didn't want to keep your friends or whoever it was?
0: Well, a lot of people it's really just three people that were my quote friends I've reflected and realized like those friends are only there for me when they need something like every time I ask them to hang out they'll bail on me or they flake at the last minute and then if you know they'll always be like I miss you we should hang out or and they never make an active effort to ever hang out with me or there's always something it's always about them or they don't answer my texts they don't acknowledge me and I'm just kind of like, wow, this is, you know, enough's enough. It's a really shitty feeling to feel like you're not valued and your time's not respected. So I'm thinking like, why am I even making an effort with this these people when they don't even meet me halfway? And I just feel like it's best to just let them go. Like it's not worth reconciling and like telling them hey you did this and it bothered me because it's like at this point why should I even care if they're in my life or not you know if that makes sense so okay um
1: is it multiple people Yeah.
0: (laughs) yeah okay
1: if they do more harm than good then I think you're doing yourself a favor you know you're listening to your gut and I think that's the most important thing that you can do um how often do you have communication with these people? Is that something that you will lack if they are not no longer in your life?
0: I think if I stopped putting the effort in and like texting first, then I probably wouldn't hear from a lot of them more than like once Mm -hmm. a month. Um, But there is a friend that really upset me this weekend. And like, she's texting me, like everything's okay. And it's just like, not cool. Like, I made these plans for her because she said she wanted to do something. So I like wound up a bunch of people and made plans to go there. And then the day comes and I'm like, hey, I'll see you later. And she's like, no, and made an excuse and then posted on her Instagram that she was at a party and like out that night. And it just like felt very inconsiderate. And... I don't know. It's just like, stop saying you miss me and you want to hang out. And we've known each other for three years and we've maybe hung out like four times because Uh she never makes an effort to do anything. So it's just annoying. And I don't want to start drama and be like, you did this, you did this and make a fight. But it's just kind of like, at this point, I don't want to be bothered anymore Uh to be disappointed Uh over and over again. Uh So
1: when they respond or they when they reach out to you, when they're texting you like as if everything is okay, what do you do? Do you respond to them or are you sort of creating distance in between you?
0: Yeah, I and guess so I am. So. Being a little passive aggressive <laughs> because I'm either taking a long time to respond or just responding with like close ended comments, like one word answers. So I I mean, I want to like forgive the person because I don't want to hold on to the anger But at the same time, I don't want to let them back into my life just to, like, walk all over me again. Or when it's only convenient for them.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Do you believe that you can forgive someone without having them in your life?
0: Yeah, absolutely. It's just kind of challenging when they keep being there. (laughs) Like Mm -hmm. a family member, like, it's not a family member currently, but it's hard to... It's easier to break something off and end it if you go cold turkey and never really have to see them again.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. what is why are you still responding because it seems like you feel very strongly you know you want to let these people go. So how do you how do you see that happening?
0: I'm not sure. I just don't want to look like a bitch I guess. Or make it obvious that, like, I've always had a really hard time with conflicts. Like, I'm extremely non-confrontational and conflict-avoidant. Uh-huh. It's just, like, I wish I was more assertive, but it's always been really hard for me to communicate in general, let alone assert myself, so. I think...
1: Being in this passive-aggressive sort of weird state, it's almost—I think—it'll probably force the other person to look and realize, like, "Oh, you know what? Lauren's not acting the same. She's acting very sort of distant." And you know, it's almost forcing them to sort of have that conversation um, where you—you—you know—you're not initiating it. Do is that what you're looking for to happen?
0: Yeah, I'm not going to initiate okay. anymore, but I've realized if you hope someone gets the point it's very rare they do like people just don't know mm. so
1: okay um how have you closed off friendships in the past people that you realize you didn't want in your life how would you sort of let them go was it also being passive-aggressive
0: yeah, just creating more separation and distancing myself, and then eventually we would fall off.
1: Oh, so it's worked for you?
0: Yeah, it has. I mean, I've never okay. been someone that has a lot of friends, so it's kind of something that happens naturally as people grow apart, as you get older and people move school and stuff.
1: Mm-hmm. So,
0: yeah, it's, it's worked in the past, I guess, in high school.
1: Yeah, and I think it if, it probably still serves your purpose, you know? Like, it, if it's work then, it work work now. Yeah. Hmm. So then, do you, I'm thinking, like, of your support system. Would you consider whoever this person is part of your support system?
0: Yeah, it was someone that I could talk to and vent to so i would say they were yeah mm-hmm. um okay
1: that is a little bit of a loss there then unless you have more people in your circle to be able to go to when you you know have good news bad news etc i have
0: very few <laughs> maybe 3
1: okay 3 additional ones to this person
0: um or- yeah, I would say so. I would have my mom, who is like iffy. Um, I have my one true friend, and then I have Nick. Nick is probably like the person I go to most often because I see and talk to him the most. Right.
1: Gotcha. Okay. Um. Yeah. So I, I, I think of friends, and I think of support system. You know, because typically that's whose people's support system is. Um, If it's not a friend, it could be, like, a pastor, like, a mentor, someone like that. Um, Okay. It does suck, though.
0: Yeah, I just think friendship should be mutual. Like, it's a give and take. And a lot of the times for me, it doesn't feel 50-50. It feels like 70-30. So Mm. it's just kind of, like... I don't know. I guess I'm taking it personally at this point. It's hard not to.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think it makes it so much more difficult if someone else doesn't get the hint, you know? <laughs> yeah. I think it's, it almost drags on these like hurt feelings.
0: Yeah, I don't want to live my life like hoping people get the hint. I wish I could be more authentic and honest in my communication, but it's always just been a struggle for me.
1: Mm-hmm. Have you ever been able to communicate with someone, like say you were more assertive, not aggressive, assertive in how you felt towards someone, say you, know, you had this issue with somebody else. Have you ever been able to get to that point of being assertive in that conversation?
0: Yeah, maybe like once or twice. Mm, okay
1: um what made it different in that sense as opposed to you know other times where you're passive aggressive
0: well I would say it's always through text because that's so much easier Mm -hmm. um and I could write out and read what I want to say and I guess I don't know maybe I just trusted the person would like honor my feelings and it was like a safe space or something like that Hmm. would
1: you be able to show up for yourself and honor your own feelings if you decided to have that conversation with this person that is sort of lingering in your life
0: i'm not sure perhaps
1: <laughs> yeah because i think you know you might get a different outcome you know it might make you feel better because you know you're sort of you almost have the upper hand in this situation, you know, and you're using it to your advantage. Um, and, you know, that would be practicing a new coping skill.